Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you, Valentine's Day right around the corner. In fact, it's this Sunday and, of course, flowers make the perfect gift. That's where Jimmy's Flowers comes in. Order today. You can get them delivered. Jimmy's Flowers with locations in Ogden, Layton, and Bountiful. Also, jimmysflowers.com. That's Jimmy's Flowers. Let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, joining us now, longtime jazz assistant coach, our good friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa. What's up, Coach? Guys, how you doing? I'm doing well. Hey, good. You you have Valentine's Day all locked down, Coach. I know you are a romantic. Oh, very much. Absolutely. How'd you know? I'm all set. I'm ready to roll next Sunday. <laughs> Very nice. Let's, Unlike let's, you guys, I might add. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> narrative. Oh yeah, I've still got I've still got <laughs> he, work to do. He knows us too well. He does very much. That's yep. both good and bad. All right, Coach. Let's uh, let's jump into the Jazz. Uh, I'll ask you the same question I asked Chris Mannix an hour ago. Jazz win kind of ugly. Had to grind it out, play some defense against Indiana. What does it say about a team that they can win in multiple ways against good teams? Very much. It says that they're an, an elite team, and there's no such thing as an ugly win, especially on the road. And that was the game yesterday where the Jazz showed a, a lot of grittiness. How they just played terrific defense, and in the fourth quarter, in crunch time led by Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles. They made so many great plays to knock out a good team that's heading to the playoffs in the paces. The biggest factor in the game was the, uh, the rebounding. The Jazz just crushed the paces on the board, 61-45, to 45, including advantageous 17-8 offensive rebounds. So when you rebound and play solid defense and you get terrific stops in crunch time, equals what? A gritty victory. Gordy, when you were coaching, did you ever have that that sensation or that circumstance where back in the days of Stockton and Malone, when the ball isn't going through the, the basket the way the way you're setting it up to, do is that a common thing for a coach to say, okay, guys, buckle down and let's do it a different way? Very much. It's slight adjustment. Now, you alter your game plan and that you, re, you rely on basically the uh, – Going crashing the boards. The Jazz really, I'm asked this question, Gordon, nationally all the time by the, a lot of our, our common friends, is that what makes the Jazz so elite this year? It is very simple. Besides the superior three-point shooting, they've made an unbelievable commitment to going to the boards two ways, both offense and defense. And a lot of it's uh, rebounding and traffic. Oh, yes, Rudy can get rebounds, and so can Boyan Bondanovich. But it's the other people getting rebounds. If not off the glass, it's on the ground, those missed three-point shots. So suddenly Michael Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles, they're all, uh, uh, George Niang, they're all chasing that rebound down off the ground. And that equals those extra possessions or takeaway, takeaway possessions at the defensive end. And that's why the Jazz... Like yesterday, without those rebounds, offensive rebounds, the Jets might have lost that game by three or four. Very impressive. 
Uh, former Jazz assistant coach Gordy Chiesa with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I thought yesterday Rudy Gobert was particularly good. I mean, 16 points, 16 boards, and three blocks is just amazing. But I, I thought it was an excellent example of how his defense wins games. Very much. And also he neutralized Miles Turner, who's a good player, who's also uh, trying to vie for the defensive player of the year. But Rudy absolutely is much ahead of him. When people drive the lane, say Malcolm Broderick, who's a good player, but not really the most athletic, and he, the hounding and pounding defense primary of Royce O'Neal. So when finally when he got into the lane, Rudy's there to make him hesitate and become a doubt driver. So the beauty of, of, of Rudy, as far as shot blocking, he makes everyone hesitant in the lane, whether they shoot off balance, but they're not organized, or they arm shoot it, or they get caught in no man's land. Do I take a, a lane floater? Do I take a twist layup? Do I do a euro step? And what happens, they do none of the above, and they miss fire. Should the Jazz be concerned about Rudy's inefficiency from the free throw line, Gordy? Yes, very much. Absolutely. Is that, and God bless him. I mean, I know he works at it all the time. He's shooting right now for the listeners on 12 of the zone. He's shooting 53.8 from the foul line. And that's, and you can't live with that, especially in a very tight, again, as we go forward, a playoff situation where you get to that line, the last five minutes of a playoff game, you got to go minimum one for two, if not two for two. When you go 0 for two, it's, a, it's really a detriment to the team. So it's a concern. And with that, though, and it's interesting, Gordon, all the other Jazz players are uh, shooting in the 80s. Donovan, 83-7. Michael Conley, 81-5. Boyan Bondanovich, 85-5. Royce O'Neal, 81-8. Jordan Clarkson, uh, excuse me, uh, Joe Engels, 86-7. So all the other, uh, the gang that shoots straight from the foul line, they're really highly exceptional. Even Derek Favors, 75%. So Rudy, but the problem is that Rudy takes the most foul shots because he's under the basket. They foul him on that rim roll to the basket, and also he gets rebounds. They climb over his back. So the guy takes the most foul shots, unfortunately, right now is the least efficient. Coach, what are your thoughts on Brad Stevens as Boston comes in tomorrow night? All right, Boston, they're a team right now where he's a good coach. This is his seventh year as far as coaching the team. And Boston – their dilemma is right now is that besides being 12 and 10, they're not elite at anything, that they have good players and they have good metrics, but they're not in the top five in any category, and that's been a concern for them. And, yes, they've been injured. Kembe Walker, who we know, Kembe Walker, for the listeners, let's not forget, Gordon, last year he started in the All-Star game. Walker was a starting guard in the All-Star game. Now, right now, he's been, it's been a struggle. He has that knee soreness, and they're trying to piecemeal it where they hold him out sometimes. They, they, um, they don't do back-to-backs. Uh, Kembe Walker shooting right now, 35.7 field percentage, 30, 30% from threes. And so with uh, Brad Stevenson is that some of, uh, some of his uh, options are lesser right now. So his team is... They're trying to score. They're missing tomorrow night. Jake uh, Marcus Smart is out with the, with an injury, so he's not going to play. And Jalen Brown didn't play yesterday with knee soreness against the uh, the Suns. So with that said, they're relying on they're relying on um, Jason Tatum, who was in the exact same draft class with Donovan Mitchell. Jason was pick number three, Donovan thirteen, and they're both uh, really an elite players. So the first option is Tatum. He's averaging twenty seven points a game. 
7.1 rebounds and 4.1 assists, but they need more, Jake, to get them over the hurdle. They're a good team that's been banged up, but they're not great at anything. So, Gordy, the Jazz are 19-5, and five, best record in the NBA. Um, as from a, from a critical standpoint, as a basketball man, as you watch them play, what do they need to improve on? Because all of this is preparation for the postseason, right? That's what, that's what all this is. What do they need to get better at? Different looks defensively. In other words, every once in a while, play zone defense. So if I, I recommend once in a while change up defenses, junk defenses, where you play some zone to take away some of the play of the lightning-quick point guards. So, for example, uh, you're playing against Chris Paul. I know Devin Booker is a knockdown shooter. I get it. I understand it. So let me preface saying this, is that every once in a while by playing zone defense, you take away that high pick-and-roll action that Chris Paul-type people are absolutely affecting on it. Don't you get the feeling also when you play the Lakers, if you zone the Lakers, it would, it would slow down some of the LeBron's unbelievable uh, uh, burst to the basket by being some zone. So I'd, I'd, I'd work slightly more on zone, and I would really um, think about uh, what happens when teams take the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands, like early, like early in the possession where they're absolutely determined. For example, Marcus Smart, I know he's not playing tomorrow night, but just say Marcus Smart was playing, that his sole purpose on the floor is to go overplay defense on Donovan. Are you as successful? Here's a learning point about that. As great as the Jazz were in yesteryear, all I know is this, that when the teams took away John Stockton's initial play. We had to go into our secondary movement, and we're still very good at it at that era, but we weren't great at it. The learning point about it is that you have to prepare yourself. When teams take away your absolute first option, what are you going to do as far as, um, uh, as, far as trying to strike the defense? Coach Gordy Chiesa with us here on the Big Show. Um, Coach, Kevin Garnett had some <clears throat> statements that uh, that came out today, and he talked about a bunch of stuff. But one of the things he talked about is is how they've taken the physicality out of defense and made it more difficult for the defender by changing the rules. Is the NBA taking physicality too much out of the game today? Yes, absolutely. Yes, I'm not saying playing dirty. No, I'm not, Jake Scott. I'm saying, hey, let's get physical. Just like a living Newton-John, let's get physical, <laughs> all right? And so what happens is that what you want to do is that you want to keep your body on them. And I'm not saying hand check or hip check. I'm not saying that. But let them, let them move their feet defensively. And if there was some contact, let it play on through the possession. So, yeah, the NBA doesn't like fighting. It's bad for the visualization of it. The, the ticket holders and lower, lower seats there, they pay a whole bunch of money. They don't want to see some, some sort of fights and stuff. But I do think that, that it's to the extreme. So you want to be able to guard people and with the element of physicality. So, so much, Jake. Here's the question as always. Can we be physical and still maintain our technique and balance? So that's what every basketball player tries to aspire to, is to be physical defensively, be on balance, and also use hand quickness as far as trying to be in the passing lane and get steals. So the answer is I agree with Kevin Garnett, who's also heading to, who's also just recently was voted to the Hall of Fame. 
So, Gordy, I'm trying to figure out, is that what Olivia was talking about when she was saying, let's get physical? Absolutely. I knew you knew it. I knew, like, young Jake Scott, the listeners right now, Jake was born in 1981. I knew this as a fact. He told me this many times uh off the air. All right, but guys like Gordon Munson and myself and you listening right now is that maybe you remember that song, in case you're wondering, Jake. (laughs) I appreciate that, Coach. I mean, I saw Olivia in concert back in the day. Uh, actually, seen her a couple times. But wait uh, a second, she... slow down, cowboy. Wait a second, this is a family show. <laughs> slow down, cowboy. I just wasn't sure that she was commenting on the, the level of contact in an NBA game when she when she sang that song. Oh, I like that. Perhaps no, but, but again, like anything, like yesterday's Super Bowl. Let's say with that for one second. Oh, by the way, don't you feel the Bucks are more physical than the Chiefs were? Yes. See? Yeah, most and definitely. so again, with is that what's the, what's that sweet spot defensively, and now also depends, Jake, if the referee is is friendly. If you know what I mean, I can't tell <laughs> many times the great officiating is when advantage disadvantage. You've got to be let the players be physical, but let but then interpret it. Who gets the advantage by being physical? Is it too out of control or it's not? And that's what it comes down to, especially in playoff basketball. For example, when Donovan Mitchell, when they try to attempt to slow him down, usually the defense is much more physical on Donovan, and he tries to sometimes uh, he would try to um, overreact and maybe what arm shoot quickly on his jump shot versus what let the game come to him. Usually speaking, when people are physical on your body, the game speeds up for you and it affects your, your performance most times in a negative way. Jake, can I follow up on that with a question? You mentioned the Super Bowl. I I just got to know from Gordy, a man who has spent his entire life practically coaching uh, athletes, have you ever seen that kind of performance, those kinds of performance, consistent performances out of an athlete like Tom Brady? And how do you describe – I mean, I get the physical side of it, but what about the mental side of it, Gordy? I mean, that's just remarkable. No, never. The answer is no. As great as as great as John were and Carl was, and uh, we'll say uh, Bill Russell was, etc. To play at that the highest level, at the top of the apex for literally over twenty something years, and still be world champion isn't heard of. That's that special diet he talks about. The ability that he's able to adapt to his teammates. So much is uh, understanding about how younger people think. So, example, Tom's 43 years old, and suddenly maybe somebody's receivers are 23 years old, most times from the SCC conference. All right? So he's 20-something years older than these guys, and he's able to articulate and relate to them. So the, the, the newness of a situation and your unbelievable desire to be the best that you can be. And that's what I described. And I think, and don't you get the feeling in jazz basketball, as far as someone like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, those guys really are dedicated people. And uh, let's watch their career arc as, as, as it goes forward. Coach, I understand you have a list for us today. Yeah, list, Jake, is um, this is really a fun list, like most of them are, but this is in particular because of the Celts coming tomorrow. The Celtics, uh, there's so many in Utah. Celtic fans via back east and moved out here for, to, uh, to, to, uh, to Beehive State. This is a baker's dozen of the all-time greatest Celtics. And Jake and Gordon, I left out so many other players, I just couldn't, I wanted to get through this. All right, baker's dozen. Number 13, he's, he's uh, in the Hall of Fame both as a player and as a coach, the late Tommy Heinsohn. Number 12, 
one of the all-time uh, greatest Celtics as far as clutch players, tremendous late-game scorer. He died at age 71 a few years ago, Jojo White, number 11. Two championships, 84 and 87, excuse me, 84 and 86, one of the best ever two-way players. You can make a narrative of Gordon and Jake, one of the most underrated all-time great players, Dennis Johnson, number 10. We mentioned about a few minutes ago, played for the Celtics for six years. He was an intense defender, rebounder, shot blocker, and scorer. He's in the Hall of Fame, the, the 2020 class, the big ticket, Kevin Garnett. Number nine, his nickname was The Chief. He's also in the Hall of Fame. He's a rebounder. He had this high arcing jump shot that the shot started on Monday, and it got there on Tuesday, and he ran the floor unbelievable on a middle sprint. Three titles, Robert Parrish. Number eight, this guy won 10 titles in 12 years. He's the, absolutely the greatest ever bank shooter in the history of basketball, even better than Tim Duncan, who's great, even better than Bill Walton, even better than the Iceman George Irving. He's in a Hall of Fame, Sam Jones. Number seven, left-handed, unbelievable, fiery, two-title, was the heart of the Celtics after Bill Russell uh, retired. They won two championships, one of the all-time great rebounders for 6-9, one of the all-time great ever pick-and-roll defensive players, Dave Cowens. Number six, his nickname was Houdini of the Hardwood. He's a great passer, clutch scorer. He was a magician with the ball. Hall of Famer Bob Cousy. Number five, he should be elected to the Hall of Fame in 2021 in his next class. His nickname was The Truth. We see him on TV all the time right now. He played for the Celtics for 15 years, one title, clutch scorer, Paul Pierce. Number four, one of the all-time greatest footwork players, a mid-block player behind, uh, really behind Kareem and behind Tim Duncan, three titles, Kevin McHale. Number three, he left us recently about a few years ago as far as passing away. This guy scored over 25,000 points for his career, never thinking shot, one of the all-time greatest clutch players in the history of basketball. And by the way, Havlicek stole the ball back in 65, John Havlicek, number three. All right, number two, I was debating Jake between, and Gordon between two and one. It's like blasphemy. This guy is number two. His name is Larry Legend. Three titles one of the all-time greatest ever clutch players, shooters, rebounders. He made his teammates elite, Larry Bird. All right, number one, this guy has more championships than, rank, than, uh, than uh, fingers on both hands. He won 11 titles as a player and the head coach. He's the greatest Game 7 player in the history of the NBA. He was in 11 Game 7s. There were, the Celts were 11-0. and 0. They named the finals MVP after him because of his uh, greatness. The number one greatest Celtics is uh, Bill Russell. Mm -hmm. Thus, Jake and Gordon, that's my Celtic list with the leprechauns. I have, uh, I have one follow-up question to that sure. list, Gordy. Who was better, Bob Cousy or John Stockton? John Stockton. And, again, not, I'm not saying because uh, okay, I coached John for 16 years. That's not my point. Cousy was absolutely great. Cousy was a 34.8% uh, field goal percentage. John shot for his career 51.5. 
I mean, so just by the shooting ability, I know it's yesteryear, where guys didn't shoot straight back in the 50s and early 60s. I get that also. But John was a great shooter besides being an incredible passer and besides being, what, a once-in-a-generational defensive player both on and off the ball. Remember, John Gordon uh, leads the NBA history in two of the six categories offensively, in most assists and it's going to be, uh, defensively also in most steals. So he's the number one in two of the categories, which makes him, if not the greatest, right up there. Coach, thank you for dropping by. As always, it's always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Peace out. And, Jake, please, Jake, get up to speed about Valentine's Day. (laughs) I I will, Coach. No problem. Thank you. See you guys. See you, buddy. That's our friend, Coach Gordy Chiesa. He does know us so well. I do have some catching up to do. That's a fact. Yeah. He was quite concerned about your – Lack of uh, planning there. Well, what he cares. doesn't know, he cares. what he what he doesn't know is that you're going to be doing shows from Jimmy's Flowers. Yeah, tomorrow and Wednesday. So if I if I come out of that two day run not prepared, then that's my own fault. Uh, joining us now in studio is our friend Mike from Any Hour Services, and uh, there's one question I've I've thrown this at you a couple of times, but I, I feel like it's extremely important, uh, Mike, because of, in relationships. Sure. Speaking of Valentine's Day. Is, yes, yeah, speaking of Valentine's <laughs> Day, is there an ideal setting for the thermostat? Oh, geez, here we go. Here we go. Um, yes, there is an ideal thermostat setting, but that ideal depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Like, I mean, the whole point of having a furnace and air conditioner is to be comfort comfortable, right? So, I mean, the ideal setting for that is going to be different for everyone. It's going to be hotter, colder, whatever, but therein lies the issue with the relationship because a lot of times, you know, one partner is running hotter than the other. One person likes it colder. And so when it comes to that, (laughs) you know, you got to, you got to pick and choose your battles. And so, you know, for Valentine's day, consider letting the other person Pick the thermostat setting that night. Good advice. Right? Yeah, good advice. (laughs) But a lot of times I find the reason that people are asking that question is because, uh, you know, there's a debate, how do I save the most money? And obviously, the less you run your furnace, uh, you know, the more money you're going to save because it's not burning gas when it's not running. So I'll, I'll tell people, that like, hey, pick a temperature that you're comfortable with and then try bumping it down a couple degrees because more than likely you're not going to notice a huge comfort dis- uh, difference, but it will save you a little bit of money because your furnace is going to run less. What about efficiency? Does it make it more efficient? Um, no, it does not make it more efficient when you run it less. If you have an 80% uh, efficient furnace, it cannot operate at a higher efficiency than 80%. Now, with that being said, every hour that the thing runs, it becomes a little bit less efficient. So, you know, when it's running, all the vibration, the heat, the expansion, all that wear and tear. Think about a car, you know, when it's brand new, it's operating the way it's supposed to. But once it's got 100,000 miles on the thing, there are some inefficiencies with the way that car operates. Your furnace is no different. So if you want to improve the efficiency, that's a change you really have to make when um, you replace the system. But you can with these, you know, maintenances that we're talking about, these furnace tune-ups, what really what we're doing is we're coming in there and we're assessing 
the manufacturer says, here's what spec is. Here's where it should operate as an 80% furnace or 96, 96, whatever you've got. Here's what it should operate at. And what we're doing is we're documenting, okay, how far out of range is that? And it, it, when it gets too far out of range, all of a sudden, it can really start to cost you money in unneeded repairs and things like that. So, that, Mike, I, Mike, I have a question. Yes, sir. So, to, to reiterate... If the wife wants the uh, wants it to be at seventy three degrees and you want it to be at sixty eight degrees, where's the correct temperature? <laughs> Wherever your wife says. Uh huh. Gordon tried to tell us earlier that he was. See, he yeah, was like I remember the pants. The, uh, uh, right. No, no, he actually said that in his, like they both care equally, uh -huh. and so they both have the power, fifty percent. So, Gordon, this is where you're going to have to determine, you know, where <laughs> who 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 has the power, because that sounds like a disagreement that uh, you guys have to to work out. Like how how many years you've been married? Oh, let's see, it's two thousand uh, twenty years. So I think uh, I think experience and wisdom are mixing together there to answer that question correctly, right? I, I that's what I recommend. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you can argue the science and all of that stuff, but you know, love has a lot to do with where you need to set the thermostat. No, no, no doubt about that. All right, let's There's talk no, about uh, Mike, Mike, Mike has never said anything better than that. <laughs> let's talk about tonight's deal, Mike. It's a good one. Sure. Uh, you know, if your if your furnace is older, maybe it's starting to act up, or or maybe you just haven't had your furnace tuned up yet this winter. Uh, this is a great time to get it done. Normally, we charge ninety nine dollars to come out and perform the manufacturer's recommended maintenance and inspection items. Tonight, Zone listeners are going to be able to lock in a seventy dollars savings and get that performed for only twenty nine dollars. And on top of that uh if you've got a standard size air filter which a lot of people out there do i would say most people do uh we're going to go ahead and replace that standard size filter with a one inch filter for you when we come out there and perform the tune-up awesome what a great deal all right here's the number 801-443-7400 call right now save 70 dollars on the 34 point uh furnace tune-up 99 dollars value only 29 dollars. but you've got to get on the schedule tonight and uh, Mike's throwing in a furnace filter as well. Pretty awesome. 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400. Any hour services. Mike, thank you, sir. You're welcome. Drop of the day is next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. Gordon, we have a lot to get to, so you ready to get started? All right, we've got a few different clips. We're going to start off with Kevin Harlan uh, doing play-by-play -play for the uh, wing nut that ran onto the field. <laughs> 5.03 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. And now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. 
And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? Kevin Harlan with the play-by-play. Call the night right there. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not quite what to say about that. Sure what to say about that, but I think that uh, Kevin was into it. He captured the moment. It's not the first time he's done that, calling the the streaker, but uh, always hilarious. Love Kevin Harlan. He's been on the station a number of times before. He's do, he's truly one of the great ones at what he does. Do you have a problem that the so-called streaker, the uh, what, what what are we calling him? What what, what an, an, an intruder? What the, I I guess he did disrobe at one point, yeah, as uh, Kevin so articulately pointed out there. But it's one thing if somebody is just crazy or maybe inebriated it's something else when somebody is selling something right yeah some publicity stunt for some youtube adult video thing or something i don't know i didn't look i didn't look deeply into it because frankly i didn't i don't want to call attention to it but yeah Mm -hmm. it was a a marketing ploy okay all right uh, gordon we're not done yet we have uh we want to get to this uh stuff that happened in the post game with byron leftwich and then uh also have a news report which i actually found quite funny uh, but uh, so Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator for the Bucks, uh, he he's, he strolls into his media availability. He's got a big old cigar, Gordon. I mean, uh, I mean George Burns would be proud of this thing. It was a big old cigar, and he was okay. obviously in a good mood. And we're gonna play two clips for you here on the first one, though. You know, if if you're introducing the the offensive coordinator for the Super Bowl winning team, let's get his name right. How about them Bucks, baby? We will begin today's media availability with Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Brian Leftwich. Byron. Byron. Byron, there we go. We're waiting for our first question, coach. <laughs> Come on. You're just you're introducing the guy. You know, get his name right. Not Brian, Byron. Oh, man. I like it that he corrects him, though. That's pretty bad. He had, he had one job. Byron. It's Byron. It's... Boy, he was he was in a good mood. Why wouldn't he be, right? Absolutely, he's in a good mood. But it's not like, by the way, Byron Leftwich just fell out of the sky. <laughs> I mean, he was a really good quarterback in college. He was uh, certainly had a, an NFL career, uh, and you know, Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. His coaching career has obviously been a success. Come on, Byron. Who was it who mispronounced? Uh, uh Darren's name back in the day. Uh, Tracy McGrady. They did it McGrady. on purpose where he called him Duran a bunch of times. Uh, is that what it was? Yeah. It was on purpose. Oh well. Or how many times right. in his career did Brian Russell get called Byron? This is the opposite problem. Yeah. Yeah. That was a spelling issue, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean this guy's in public relations uh, for the NFL <laughs> in theory, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> Not Byron. Anywhere. Anyway, who would have thought that that was the the second most awkward thing to happen to Byron Leftwich? Get a load of the first question he was asked right out of the gate. We're waiting for our first question, Coach. Okay. Hey, Coach. Great win. Congratulations tonight. Thank you. Um, going into the game, what was your number one goal on the defensive side to, to shut Mahomes down, shut that high-powered offensive down? What was your guys' number one goal going into that game? Shut Pat Mahomes down. <laughs> I think you got the wrong guy. <laughs> I 
I had nothing to do with that. That was Todd. That was the... <laughs> and that's it. Because how else would he respond? And I love the I love the reporter who thinks he's like making a joke with him. Like, oh, <laughs> it's like no, you're 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 asking the wrong guy. <laughs> Shutting down Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I had nothing to do with that. I'm the offensive coordinator. I had nothing to do with that. Yeah, you're looking for Todd sad. Bowles. What is the matter with you? First, uh, first Brian, and now uh, now you're asking me about the defense. What's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, I. I'm not quite sure what to make of that. And the, and by the way, the guy that introduced Byron got his name wrong, not his uh, position. I mean, he called him the offensive coordinator. What's this guy doing? What'd you guys do there to, to slow down Pat Mahomes? I love Byron Leftwich. He's like, what are you talking about? And just laughs. I had nothing to do with it. I was Todd. How do you do that? Oh, I, I I'm just sometimes worried. sometimes people get mixed up, you know. It's the Super Bowl. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, media members like getting on to that Zoom call, Gordon. It couldn't have been easy, right? I mean, there's got to be hundreds of media members trying to get that kind of access. Tell us how you slowed down Mahomes so well out there, huh? What, uh, well, we uh, <laughs> we we kept the ball away from him for long stretches. <laughs> <laughs> If you're yeah. Byron Leftwich, you've got to be thinking, come on, what are, what are you doing here? All right, and then the last thing I have for you, Gordon, and I hope this translates to radio as well as it does video, but you know the local newscasts when they send a reporter out into the celebrations after championships and they like a man-on-the-street kind of thing? Sure. Uh-huh. And it's just usually a recipe for disaster. Uh, picture this. Here's They've got a reporter. They go to him. And he's going to go interview a fan, and he picks this guy who's got this giant snake, <laughs> just a just a giant boa constrictor. And here's how that went. We're right in the middle of Himes in Tampa Bay. We've got Diamond, which is a boa constrictor here. I don't think he had tickets to the game, but uh, let me talk to some of these fans. Not the snake. I'll avoid the snake. <laughs> That's a big snake, man. Hey, how are you feeling tonight? I'm disappointed, man. I'm a Kansas City fan, man. <laughs> There's a TV reporter who's like, all right, I'll pick somebody to, to see how they feel. Oh, they, well, there's a guy with a giant snake. I mean, that's, this is bound to get clicks. I'm going to go talk to that guy. Hey, how do you feel about it? He found the one Kansas City fan in the group. The one, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm mad, man. I, I'm a Kansas City fan. But you can understand why he would, he would think, uh, presume that he was a Buccaneers fan because what Kansas City fan comes in from a different place maybe – Carrying a giant snake. Exactly. He could have picked any one of the hundreds of people that were there, and he picked the dude with the snake. I'm well, I know, but I'm that's because he figured. I'm a Kansas City fan. I'm he would think that the that guy. Crowd reaction. They would think a guy the carrying part. a snake would be a Buccaneers a fan, Yeah, but nobody was going at that guy because no one's going at somebody who's carrying a giant snake. Yeah, what would happen if he tried to get that thing into the game, I wonder? I'm disappointed. I'm a Kansas City fan. Could you wrap it around your neck or maybe and hide it under a sweatshirt (laughs) or something and take it in? Oh, man. I don't think so. I don't think that works. Uh, But I thought that was really funny. The reporter found the one Kansas City fan in the whole group. 
What would happen if someone did sneak a snake in and then let him go on the field? I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you'd see a whole lot of very large human beings clearing out in a hurry. I suppose you would. All right, there you go. Uh, drop of the day, also known as Sounds Various Clips. A uh, little Super Bowl flavor today. We'll have more big show coming up. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 at the zone. As it's the- You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, uh, this is a shorter segment, and I kind of, you know, thought we'd hold this until a shorter segment because I don't know how much in-depth we want to get on this one. But uh, it seems over the years we've had some kind of bizarre incidents leading into the Super Bowl that could serve as a distraction for one side or the other. Who was that uh, that Raiders offensive lineman that disappeared into Tijuana? You remember that before the, yeah, the last I don't, time? Yeah, I don't recall. I don't Barrett, recall the name. Barrett. Oh, I can't remember, but but yeah, stuff maybe, like yeah. that. I mean, we've had arrests. Uh, there's been, uh, you know, weird situations going into Super Bowls, which has served as a, you know certainly as a distraction. And this year, uh, Britt Reed, son of Andy Reed, um, when this news broke on Friday, was involved in a car accident. And Gordon, there the details are still uh, somewhat fuzzy. He reportedly admitted to consuming a couple of alcoholic drinks and taking Adderall. Um, we know that uh, there were two kids who were injured in the in the accident, one who was injured critically, and last I heard, still in that critical condition. Britt uh, did not make the trip to Tampa. This was still back in Kansas City. And Andy Reid did talk about it after the game and, and basically he just said his heart goes out to everyone involved, particularly the, the young people, um, obviously, and couldn't really elaborate on it. But you know, how much do those distractions in this case for Andy Reid in particular, a major one, do you, is it worth considering in the way that the, the Chiefs ended up playing? Oh, man, Jake, that's a tough question. Uh, I, these are human beings we're, we're, de- right. we're talking about here, right. right? Would it distract you? Yes, very much. It would me too. Yep. It would me. But whether that had an effect on, on you know the fact that the that the offense couldn't keep uh, Tampa Bay's uh, pass rush off it off of uh, Mahomes, I that I I don't know, but it it would be a huge challenge to overcome because I mean he's a big part. Of, he, I mean he's a linebackers coach, right? I mean he's he's a guy who has played an integral role on that team for a long time, and to have that happen right beforehand is just that's tough. Yeah, it is tough. And I, I did um, feel a little bit for Andy when he was talking about it. Um, obviously, I feel much more for the victims in this in this circumstance. But, you know, his um, Andy's sons have it, it. You know, he lost one of them. Obviously, it's it's been, right. I'm sure, a hard part of his life because that's been something that, uh, that there's been a lot of issues there. And uh, I feel for Andy, you know, being a parent of a youngster, I'm sure, you know, you constantly worry about them and that doesn't change when they reach adulthood. But, man, that had to be difficult. And I, I, I'm with you, Gordon. I thought you put it really well. He is a human. 
after all, and these are human beings, they're not robots, and I, I don't see how something like that could not have uh, have distracted the head coach. How much impact that had on the actual final product, because it did happen the Friday, just a couple of days before the game itself, um, I don't know, but uh, I'm sure it affected the head coach. Well, think about it. You know, when you're trying to concentrate on something and you've got a big job ahead of you and something like that happens, how do you keep that completely out of your mind? How do you block that out? So what? So you can be effective as a football coach as opposed to caring deeply about those involved. I thought what Andy said was really touching about he I think I believe I believe he said my heart is bleeding. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's tough, tough stuff. And we certainly wish the best for those kids involved. Just just horrible. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Want to remind you, Valentine's Day is coming up Sunday. And uh, the best blankets ever also make the best gift for Valentine's Day. Miki Couture, get 30% off right now on any regularly priced blankets with code word WELCOME30 on MikiCouture.com and take care of that Valentine's Day gift today or visit a location near you, Ogden, Layton, Draper, Orem, Sugar House, and St. George. Miki Couture for Valentine's Day. That's Miki Couture. Our friend Mike from Indiana Hour Services joins us now. You just got the uh, gave the thumbs up on the you you figured out the secret of the minky. It it, it is a win for it, a gift. Yeah, we have we have some minkies and uh, the kids they started fighting over them. Came, I came home with one one time and the kids would fight over them. So that year for Christmas we uh, this was a couple years ago we got them each their their own blanket and then I got myself because I'm a I'm a taller guy than they are. I got myself one that was longer and then come to find out they just started stealing mine. Right. So then That's you have to works. get them big. Oh, That's how kids. it works, buddy. Uh, let's talk about uh, uh, furnaces today, and we've uh, we've got a great deal, and we'll get to that coming up. But let's talk about why manufacturers uh, recommend these tune-ups and, and to get it checked out. Yeah. Um, well, if you think about it, um, manufacturers think they make a pretty good product, but they the performance of that pr- product is all contingent on whether or not the end user is taking care of it or not. Right. And so, you know, f- they want it to operate safely. They want it to be as reliable as possible. And they want it to last for as many years as possible because that's how they build, uh, you know, a positive brand for themselves. Um, to that point, you know, when you're taking care of your system and doing the maintenance, it can be a difference in the system lasting, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years versus 20 to 25 years. So there really are benefits to, you know, being proactive and doing this maintenance because you don't always tell, you can't tell how many years it's knocking off the end of the life of it until it's at the end of this life. So is there a good time of year to do this? Well, um, I like to say whenever you're thinking about it, that's the best time to do it because uh, manufacturers don't uh, tell you you need to do it at the beginning, middle, or end of the season. They just say to do it uh, once a season. And so uh, right now, while you're thinking about it, this is honestly the best time to get it done because when we talk to people – most people don't argue with like the benefits of maintenance. They're like, ah, maintaining my system is dumb. I don't get any benefits out of it. They all seem to understand the logic uh, of maintaining a large piece of equipment to help it last longer and run better. They just forget. We're, we're just like everyone else. We, we forget to do these things. And so right now, while you're thinking about it, call <laughs> yeah and the good news is you guys are making it super easy and affordable that's the, that's the even better thing you know we're we're offering you 70 bucks off our normal uh you know 99 service but to that 
I've, I've said it before, but like, I don't actually care if you call any hour for this. I'm really just trying to help you get the most out of your system. So if you've got a relationship with someone else, give them a call. But if you don't know anyone, we've got this deal for Zone listeners tonight. We'll save you 70 bucks instead of $99. You're only going to pay $29 to get this done. And um, on top of that, because you called tonight, we're going to give you a free furnace filter on top of that. As long as you've got a standard size filter that we carry on the truck, we're going to do that for you. And I know we've been saying all night you need to call by 6, but last time, right before I came in the studio, we had 10 calls in the queue from people calling the phone number. So Great. if you're having trouble getting through, be patient, keep trying. We'll keep the phones open as long as it takes to get everyone this deal because I can't come in next week. I got, I got some other things going on. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad people are taking advantage of it because, really, it's an amazing deal. So call now. Get in line. You will get taken care of. 801-443-7400. That deal, again, saves $70 on a 34-point tune uh, furnace tune-up. $99 value, only $29. Bucks, but you've got to call tonight. 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400. Oh, and I can't forget. What? Free furnace filter. Oh yeah, the free filter. Yeah. Don't forget that. that. That's for zone list. You got to mention it when you call in yeah. that you you know you want that free filter, and we'll hook you up. 801-443-7400, 801-443-7400, any hour services. Mike, thanks for your work tonight, You're buddy. welcome. Hey, real quick, uh, my father-in-law was just texting me, and he was saying that he wanted a shout-out. Oh, by all means. Brent Top. He's listening. He's a huge fan of the show, works down at BYU. Anyway, just... There you go, Brett. Thanks That's for, for you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we appreciate that. All right. We'll have more big show coming up next. That's Mike from Any Hour Services, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Man, it's been a good day, Gordon. When you're, when you're right about so many different things like me, it just it just leads to to good days like this. Well, we went from from you bragging about getting one pick right. Your record overall was horrible, but you got one pick right, and you haven't stopped bragging about it since. So we went that's we started there, and we you know we're we're ending now, but all kinds of things in between, like snakes on the field, a guy disrobing on the field, Kevin Harlan's uh, call of that. Action, the Jazz being the best team in basketball right now. We covered all kinds of territory. You abandoning your, your love for Tom Brady. By the way, we're gonna we, we need to retire Unchained Melody. Cause when it came right down to it, push came to shove and you abandoned your boy. Oh, and that's gonna break my heart. <laughs> you abandoned your guy. I still I'm, I I'm extremely I surprised. Your love hey, look, of picking can, the favorite can, ruled out. I can be an appreciator of Tom Brady's talent with uh, without uh, betraying myself because I made a pick at the start of the year and I couldn't dump the pick at this point. Yes, you could have easily. Why do you keep saying well, that? You could have because dumped I the was, pick. I was beholden. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. I had to. I couldn't change. No, you weren't. I was like, that's like ch- changing horses in the middle of the race it's at the end of the either. race. It's not either. You you picked the favorite at the beginning of the year, and you wanted to pick the favorite for the Super Bowl, too. We gave not you, that, no, we no, gave you two win. weeks to pick I, your guys home. What are you talking home. about? I picked Tom Brady to take. I picked him to beat Green Bay. All you guys didn't. Yeah, but he gets to the big game, and you're like, That's no. what got you in so much trouble. That's why you were this close to having to do incriminating audio, and now instead Austin will have to do it. You're just mad that you jumped off the bandwagon, enough so that you even had to make that perfectly clear to Chris Mannix as if this would be a big controversy in his own life. 
At no time did I think that. Yes, you did. You, <laughs> yes, you did. You had to. You said, Chris, just now so you know. Now you pissed me off. Now I'm angry. <laughs> you are not. Stop it right now. I love it. I think, you know, obviously you have no problem with jumping off one bandwagon onto another bandwagon because you've been bragging about this pick and you've hated on Tom Brady all year long. You're just and mis- not just all year long, your whole life you've been ripping Tom Brady. You're just- and so, and so not now at the last second you see an opportunity and so you jump aboard. Hey, hey, you're just mad we won. You're just a little jelly. That's all. It's all right. <laughs> It's you fine. Are you are. You, you turncoat. <laughs> Please. Is that the guy who abandoned his man crush? No. No, I had to stay consistent. I couldn't change it up. It's you the could exact easily opposite. have changed it up. In fact, oh, you said man. so last oh, week. You said, oh, right. I haven't made okay. my pick official yet. Look, I want you to promise me something, and I never want to hear that you pick the Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl again. No, just don't even go there. Well, maybe again today because the show is ending, but. (laughs) No, never again. No, why would I agree to that? You know, it is Austin who's going to pay the price for this. (laughs) Yeah, he is. That's true. Because he's the one that has to record the incriminating audio. We might need some help from our listeners on uh, coming up with. We should let Tim Tim come up with it. He won the whole thing, and he's never come up with uh, incriminating audio before. We could let him do it. Yeah, Tim was first, I was second, you were third, and Austin was last. Were you second, or did we finish tied? Because I think we finished tied. All I know is I had nothing to lose with my pick, and you had a lot to lose. And I won. All right, well, yeah. What? I don't and we I won. By the way, won. we we were tied 5-7-1 and one in the playoffs, so put that in your office and frame it, pal. <laughs> That was against the spread too. I want to make that clear. Tim was seven five and one. You and me were five seven and one, and Austin was three nine and one. Woof. That's rough. All right, stay tuned. Or actually, Gordon, you enjoy your night. I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. All righty. It's the big show, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.